With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's awesome. I told one of the referees in between yelling at them that, you know, this is what it's all about. It was a great game. It was a great atmosphere. Um, to do this on the first night, you know, sure beats a half-empty gym, you know, and just trying to find a team that we can beat. We want to challenge ourselves all year. You know, Coach Sutton said it on Joe Morelli's show, right? He said, the only way you're going to be the best, you got to constantly challenge yourself and play the best. And I thought we did that well, very well tonight. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Courtside with Joe Morelli. I am Sean Patrick Foley, your host, and sometimes uh, questionnaire or whatever. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just here for the for the free food, and uh, but the whole show is all Joe Morelli, as you hear. There's Jason Shea to start the uh, the Notre Dame head coach uh, after his team's victory over East Lime, um, and giving Joe a little shout out. I'm sure Joe would love that. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, thank you, Sean, and thank you, Jason. Um, no, it's—I guess people are listening, which is a good thing. Um, and obviously, people Pagliaro was there for us, and they got to see a great comeback by um, by Notre Dame. Um, and Conrad's had an off night, only a nine points, but uh, and then they were able to offset Deb Ostrowski uh, with thirty-seven. And see, I've always loved those kind of non-conference matchups, and you get a lot of those in December until you, before you get in the league schedule. And obviously, Notre Dame has had a week off. Uh, they they play tonight. Right, we're, we're taping uh, hours before they play Hamden High School in a top ten matchup, and then they go to Springfield uh, to play a game on Saturday night before the holiday. Yeah. So uh, listen, they are testing themselves. The Green Knights, as are a lot of teams. No rest for the worry. Uh, coming up on the show, we're going to have an extensive interview with Fairfield Ludlow coach John Daly, whose team knocked off the favorites. In the first week, well, at least a cold favorite in Danbury. Some people think it's Trumbull, but right? Yeah, Trumbull, number, Danbury, number but Danbury eight, goes down. Danbury yeah. goes down, and then uh, he, the Mad Hatters, yes. And he will uh, be on there explain what what's going on with the. I mean, Fairfield. Listen, Fairfield's a good basketball town. But they were two and eighteen last year. Yeah, and they've already got they've already half their win total from last year, and they almost beat Bassick. Right, and, and that's going to go a long way. I don't know what the rest of their right. season's going to going going to right. uh, hold, right. but uh, big win because you know, let's say they can keep it up. Let's say they become a contender. That's going to be key getting into the the FCX um, tournament down the road, and then obviously, you know, you know, for his team's just a morale. Now, hey, look, we can do this, right? You know, and maybe that, they, maybe they get some votes next time, next poll. We never know. Yeah, speaking of the poll, um, you yeah. know, we haven't, we're not gonna, we're not gonna have one another one until after until New Year. After, no, we're gonna have it. The, we're scheduled to come out, knock on wood, uh, New Year's Eve. So you okay. can you can be celebrating the New Year and have a poll <laughs> sometime up on uh, New Year's Eve day, hopefully. Right, but what I'm saying is that that's the next one. Nothing. I mean, it just there's been a little bit of been a little bit of a feeling out process here. Sure. Lots of big games early on. We had Notre Dame beating East Lyme. You know, Ostrowski, they come back and they, you know, they uh, they beat Hand. They um, beat Hand the other night and uh, had a big and you know did a nice job doing it. Um, well, the top three teams have held. So I've I actually have seen the top four. So I've been I'm okay. Get out well, and let's see. get a little uh, scouting Sacred, report. Well, Sacred Heart obviously is Nate Tabor, maybe the best player in the state. I saw them beat Naugatuck up. At the uh, GHPA Invitational, which is unfortunate. That's why I was not at 
East Lime and Notre Dame because I was at that tournament. Right, you were, you couldn't were, be in two places at once. And I also your hoops fill. Yes, I was, <laughs> and I and I was also able to see Windsor that day, which was playing twenty minutes away. So if you're ingenuity, if you know what you're doing, you can plan your day sometimes. And I was able to go to Windsor, the number three team, and see them against Northwest Catholic, uh, and they beat them by twenty. Uh, and obviously, I, uh, the the game I the big game, the big luminary game, ended up being kind of a dud. Uh, East Catholic went out eighteen to four until also after the first quarter, and they beat them by twenty one. It wasn't that close. Um, East Catholic obviously is going to be very good. Number two, Hillhouse came in eleven, so they may drop some. But I, I, I people may be quick to write off Hillhouse. I wouldn't yet. I mean, they're going to get out the kinks, and I think they'll be fine. Um, again, I'll see him in Notre Dame tonight. Notre Dame and Fairfield I saw against Cap – no. Yeah, for a half against Capital Prep. Um, before the – Yeah, the, yeah. Before I, brawl, I, I literally apparently. walked out before I guess there was some kind of incident and we reported on Game Time CT. Um, anyway, regardless, um, they went on and beat Benell the next day. Um, they lost to Hamden and they've beaten Waterbury Career. So, they're gonna, listen, are they as elite as last year the Lancers? No. Are they going to be fine? Yes. So – uh, Basic, we alluded to with the Fairfield Ludlow game. They beat Hamden already. They play one of the toughest schedules in the state, and that's what happens when you play a non-conference schedule because you're not in the league. Uh, we've looted to Danbury already. We've looted to East Slime and Hill House. Um, Colby Cathedral lost its first two games. That was surprising. We lost to St. Joe's and lost to Trinity Catholic. Um, that was kind of a surprise to me. So they'll be dropping out, I'm well, sure. After. Who are some of the kids? Who are some of the? What's Kobe look like compared to last year? I don't know. I didn't see him, so I, I honestly don't know. I I, I thought the Quinton Lot is back. Like they got some kids and they got John Fole. So yeah, right. I guess I don't know what was more surprising: them serving notice last year that they beat Trinity Catholic, or them losing these first two games. But listen, they're much like Notre Dame Fairfield. They're a Southwest Conference title contender. I'm not really worried about Colby. Again, this preseason poll doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot. They lost two games. People forget about them maybe. But the teams in the league know that they're good. No, Trumbull was on the cusp. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. Trumbull was number no. No, they were on, on, they were on the outside looking in. Obviously, they beat Stanford. They beat Amity. They're, they're again, with Danbury, a co-favorite in the um, FCAC. And Crosby was number ten, uh, Division Two. Crosby they dropped from last year to Division One, Division Two, uh, really? and they're yeah. I, I had noticed that myself, and um, and they're you know they're they're off to a good start as well. So again, like you said, people are getting the kinks out, trying to figure out what's going on. Oh, actually, I take that back. I think East Harper beat Crosby last night. They did. I, yeah, I did. So so they made to take a so as I said in the first podcast, I think. The voters usually get about half the, the teams right by March. The other half, not so much. But we'll see. So um, I think we're going to get an idea by the next poll who the teams to beat are. I mean, obviously, Immaculate's off to a good start. They beat Danbury and Bethel. So back to I, I was looking at somebody, some comment, and they're still Iron Five over there, right? Yeah, I thought they lost a couple guys, but yeah, they don't go very deep. But I mean, Nelson Bigacho, she's a tremendous coach, and and now they're in Division One. I. I mean, and if they got it, if they ever won Division One, I'd be uh, he could walk on water as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but I, I I just but again we'll see. Waterford, um, you know, Mikey Bucello is gone, but they're still a very good team. They beat McMahon. Um, That's right. Serve it up at the at ECC. Yeah, the yeah. The same football season. Yeah, I, we won't. We, <laughs> like I know. Yeah, Mike. You know. Hey, look. 
ECC is pretty good. East Lime and Waterford are very good. St. Bird's not bad. So they'll be fine. Uh, Wilbur Cross will play its first game last night. They beat Career. We also lost to Hill House. So, again, we try to get a feel for what's going on. I think those are the, the top teams so, so far. You always always be somebody who has a great season that we, we have not alluded to or not talked about that will win games and the pressure will get on, and then you'll see how well they do. I mean, players uh, so far kind of really establishing themselves as maybe well, not just top. I mean, maybe even ones that you hadn't even thought of. Maybe who, who out there is really kind of. Well, Jalen Hunter, the transfer from East Catholic is pretty good. Uh, Matt Nulling, that they just played. I mean, Joey Riley had an off game against us, and they still were able to do very well. Um, hmm. Off the top of my head, again, I didn't see Dev yet. Um, didn't he? Didn't he? He just signed, didn't he? I think it was Miami County Date or something. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. It was a Juco. Just, he, is that Juke? I don't even know what, who they are. I didn't recognize him, but. No, good for him because, again, and there was talk about him leaving, going to prep school, and I'm glad he stayed. And, and obviously, um, like Mike Bucetto stayed last year, and not everybody goes to prep school, although it seems like it sometimes. Um, no, I, Corey McKay, I always get pronounce the kid's name McCathern, McKeithen. Somebody's going to have to pronounce it. I'm the kid from Windsor who's going to Ryder. I'm going to need to get that pronunciation correct. You don't have to worry about when you're writing stories so much. But, um, um, no, again, and I, I'll see Connor Reigns tonight. I'll see uh, Victor Rosario tonight, guys. Two guys I'm familiar with. So, uh, and eventually, I will see almost all of these teams at some point throughout the year. But uh, then we can get are, a detailed scouting yeah, report for the players. You get it more from the coaches than from me. <laughs> uh, so, um, but Nate Tabor is as good as advertised, and obviously they have the kid in from Cheshire Academy, Jamal Water. So you got a kid coming back, uh, and they're they're as good as advertised, and they'll be very tough to beat. Joining us on the podcast is John Daly, the head coach of Fairfield Ludlow Boys Basketball, who had a pretty big win over the weekend, and he's been the uh, head coach there since uh, 2013. So take it away, Joe. Good morning, Mr. Daly. Uh, Joe, Sean, thanks for having me. Yes. Uh, pleasure to be on. I feel like this is, um, like, I, sh- I feel like I should, I'm doing, I'm like a disservice to the podcast world. Like, I feel like I should be sitting with you guys with like one of those big microphones, you know, in like a really cool <laughs> studio. Oh, you're welcome to come up here if you want to brave this rain. Yeah, I mean, but unfortunately, I'm, I'm in here in my office uh, at school at uh, my phys ed office staring at like a couple of soccer goals and some hockey sticks and uh, uh, other various, you know, random equipment and uh but the phone will do just fine yeah no you sound great you sound like you're right here and you know it's better than sitting in a closet which is what we're doing right now so no, no big deal <laughs> well <laughs> my office is kind of a closet we're at my school so it works both ways well, we appreciate you joining us right before the holiday season we'll get right to it obviously season opener you lose by two to basic a former fcac opponent that you're familiar with and obviously you beat the uh preseason number eight danbury the other night let's talk about mm-hmm. the first two games coming off the year you had and did you expect to have a win already in these first two games um i I think you always you know you you hope you can win um and i'm i'm not a guy that kind of expects anything gotta go out and earn it so um but i will say you know a lot of these guys that are now playing obviously you know this year um they had a lot of good experience from thrown into the fire of sophomores and juniors last year and uh they went through that long season where we lost 18 games and we lost a lot of close games too. Um, but they, you know, they did, they don't want to go through that again. And, and, and listen, we got a long way to go for sure. And, 
Uh, I don't know where we're going to end up. I mean, but, uh, you know, we're taking it one game at a time. And, but they just – they want to win, you know, and, and they're hungry and they're tough kids. And, uh, I mean, one thing's for sure, I, I will say that every night we will show up and we will play hard and, and we're going to give teams the best that we, that we can give them. And um, that's been the case through two games. And we lost, you know, a tough one at Bassett, which I game – I thought we should have won. We were winning with three minutes to go and uh, up at the half. And, you know, but I think we lost 18 games. And so, like, learning how to win, that doesn't happen overnight. You know, and when you get into a close game situation, uh, I still think we're a pretty young team. We've got a number of juniors, and we start three juniors right now. So, right. Um, you know, that doesn't happen, uh, you know, with a snap of a finger. And uh, luckily, um, we did a great job the other night of kind of finishing the game. It wasn't pretty offensively but uh we did a great job on defense well i was looking last year you two wins against west hill in overtime and trumbull by five uh a team that's an fcx favorite this year just talk about a couple of the kids who were key in both of those games uh that thus far for you yeah james bork is a junior uh point guard and um he started all 20 games last year as a sophomore and he's one of those kids that you know really really wants to win this year and wants to get this thing turned around and um just he's a winner man he's, he's a tough kid and uh wants the ball in his hands and um he did a great job on wednesday night against danbury uh especially late made a couple important free throws and made a couple plays for us when we need it and um Jaden tabois a 6-4 wing who who can score um and he's averaging about 10 a game through the first 10 games um christian peterson is a senior captain who uh, we've been trying to get him to provide more offense for us this year, and he's done that, averaging about nine, ten a game through the first ten games. So that's uh, hasn't been surprising, but um, it's definitely a bonus for us. And he's kind of our glue guy. He's a long wing, but he's a long, good defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought he did a great job on Denali Burton Wednesday night. Right. You know, maybe the best player in the league. So, um, you know, we, we're deep. You know, guys, we, we play like we played like eleven, twelve kids the other night. So that's a lot. Um, yeah, we, we, you know, we, we've mixed, we haven't had the same starting lineup in two games and we're going with another different lineup tonight against McMahon. So, um, we're just, we're still trying to figure out the right combinations, but on any given night, we could have some different guys step up for us. We talked at FCAC media day and you talked about the balance of the league and how you guys were going to compete. And it was not going to be top heavy. Um, I know it's early yet and before things really shake out, is it going to be as balanced as we all think it will be compared to the last couple of years when everybody said the FCAC was down, per se? I don't know. I mean, I played at Fairville High in 1999 and played against the likes of, like, Terrell Taylor, who played at Creighton. And, uh, <laughs> yep. You know, those old great St. Joe's teams. And um, I mean, Trin- Trinity had, like, Sharon Sinvilson and Alan Van Norden. Like, I think they both went to, like, Central Connecticut or – you know, so they're always, and like, you know, and then you go on the list of all the great players, Seth Casimir, um, I forget the kid's name, that went to Duke from Trinity. Oh, um, um, Dave McClure. Yeah, like, so. Trinity had know, four Division One. Ki- Trinity had four Division One kids that year. Yeah, right, so. That's in amazing. In terms of, I mean, <laughs> it just, what's your, what's your base here? You know, like, the FCAC is, compared to years of, uh, like, back in the day when you, you were throwing out, like, four or five Division One players a year. Right. Yeah, it's down, right? I mean, we we just haven't had that in, I don't know, we had maybe Stephen Enoch, he left early. We had Jeremiah, who went to St. Peter's, but I think he's yep. now it's Southern Connecticut, right? So, yeah, like last year we didn't have any of that, and, and this year we won't have that again. However, the league 
this year has improved from last year in terms of every team has gotten better um, and every team is tough and uh, every night you're going to be in a game. And, um, you know, I thought, I thought it, just like early kind of impressions, right? Trinity has lost a couple of games. People think they're really good. Um, people think New Canaan is really good. I still believe that. I think Danny's doing a great job with them. Danny Melzer, right. You know, but, you know, but Willem blows them out the other night. I'm surprised by that. You know, Willem's good too. Don't get me wrong, but I thought that would be a close game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Stanford. You know, we beat Danbury. I mean, there's just some, you know, some early surprises here. Uh, you know, Trinity kind of handled Stanford at home at Stanford. I was surprised by that. I think Stanford High is really good. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure. I said Trumbull. I meant Trumbull. Right. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's interesting interesting uh but yeah it's hard to predict uh staples is even playing pretty good you know they they have two non-conference wins but they lose to war the other night by two so i don't know there, there's a lot of a lot of balance uh john daly from fair for Ludlow joins us on the courtside with joe morelli podcast uh john i think it was 2014 we were talking about that team that beat hamden in the second oh, round yeah. at home and you get to the class double quarterfinals and uh, and obviously you lost a number of players at greens farms and obviously that's a topic a lot of sure. people's minds as far as how hard it is to keep these kids. It seems like that is a trend, that these kids are going to prep schools because they can be with them all year round because of a lot of reasons. I mean, mainly in the Fairchester League, they're allowed to reclassify because there's no postgrads. How do you think that trend can change, if at all possible? You know – I know, like Jimmy Moriarty and some of the coaches and the FCAC, Jimmy's our our, uh, our chair. Okay. Uh, and, and Schultz, he was the head of the FCAC, trying Schultz, to find new, right. yeah, Dave Schultz, trying to find new ways of retaining our players. And one of the ways is, you know, kind of we have this new showcase where we have SWC and FCAC and SEC schools, and we play at Will and High. This was the second year we did that, and we we do this over a course of a weekend in the fall, and we invite college coaches. It's a great idea. I'm not. I think it was. It's been very successful. Mm-hmm. But stuff like that will not um, deter a, like a kid from staying or leaving. It, it just it will not be a factor. And here's why. This is my impression because I went through this with three kids. Yep. Right now, kids are leaving for a variety of reasons. I think mainly because they see other kids do it, and it's all over social media. Mm-hmm. And they see their friend or their kid that they play AU with. And they say, "Wow, okay, if he can do this, well, then I probably maybe I should be should be doing this too." And you know, if if parents have money and they can afford it, great. And if not, maybe there's a way that these these prep schools that they want these kids bad enough, we'll figure out a way to get them in and, and help them financially. Okay. But I just think there's this culture now that that um, has has kind of taken over in the basketball world, and it's kids going to these prep schools like when i was playing this i never heard of gfa i never heard of st luke's you know mm-hmm. um this was not happening the kids were leaving public schools to go to st joe's and go to trinity and go to uh right you know notre dame west haven right or st joe's um, yeah and now kids are leaving st joe's and trinity and then and nd west haven to go to uh north Mount herman to go to gfa to go to the st luke's of the world's that was never the case, you know, 15 years ago. Now it's just this this big trend, and I think, um, you know, I just it's it's impossible to stop, to be honest, because yep. uh, like I had two kids that went to GFA, and when we wrapped up their sophomore year, 
we made it to the FCAC tournament. We got to the state tournament. We had a good year for, for us. And, um, and the next year coming back, we would have had six, nine, the two kids that are at, you know, GFA now that are great players, another kid that left, uh, who was about six, six. I, we, we had this, I thought, in my opinion, we could have won the league next, the following year. Right. So we had all these pieces coming back. We played Fairfield U twice during the year in the holiday tournament. We have a thousand people that right. we play in front of against Fairfield Ward. Right. All these great things, the FCAC exposure, news, you know, the local TV, the local paper, um, playing for your school, which I'm not sure means so much anymore to these kids, right? Um, and I think that alone, and the culture that I've felt like I established at Ludlow with the, with you know the kids, and establishing a winning program. I thought alone that would be enough for them to stay and it wasn't. And it's not, it's not, they just, I just don't think that they see that. Right. They just see, I don't you know, it's like, yeah, they, they left and kids leave and they go for a, maybe a, a little bit better education. Although I'm not sure you're going to find much better than Ludlow or, you know, there's a lot of great public schools uh, in the state. Mm-hmm. And um, I, so I hope that makes sense. I just, it's like, I was like, wow, I, I, why would I want to leave that? Like, I got, we're coming back. We got a great team coming back. And it just doesn't matter. You know, it's just a trend. It's a culture. It's, uh, I don't know. It's hard to stop. Yeah. I, I noticed that kind of stuff. I know, especially in football season, I, I sit there and, you know, it seems to me, and I, I could be dead wrong on this, but it seems to me that then, and I think John alluded to it, is like a lot of kids, they, they feel like they need to have that social presence on social media, like that. They make that. They want to get that attention. They want to get that announcement. They want to put that stuff out there, and they want to feel important. I, I also, yes. but I also think, because obviously we have Hammond Hall and Hopkins here, but more so Hammond Hall. I think it's a lot of it, guys, is um, parent driven. I honestly believe that they right. feel that they're going to give their kids a better gig, and I'm sure the kids obviously have to buy in. But I think a lot of that is parent driven. I think that's part of it too, John. Yeah, I, oh no, I, no question about it. No question about it. And, and I mean, how many kids now? If you if you track when they left public school, right, or whatever school they were at, and they go to prep school and reclassify. Right. If you if you did a you know some sort of a research product on it over the span of five years and mm-hmm. you tracked a hundred kids, I bet um, like at least eighty percent are non scholarship players end up playing Division three basketball. And that's amazing. That's really right. Yeah, I mean. So, so what do they benefit? I, like I had two kids that, you know, they were, they were, they were great kids. They're great players. I, I, I thought they could have been scholarship players. They're, they're going, they're going high level D3, right? They're going to Williams and Emory. Sure. But, um, I thought they might've been higher and they, they didn't go. And now those are great academic schools. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, uh, in terms of just from sheer basketball, if that's the reason that some of these kids are leaving, um, take a look at where they pan out it, it doesn't it's it's just like why not stay at your high school and then you know see what see what pans out now like we had a kid frank lamage six nine he stayed four years at ludlow and then he went to taft and did a pg year and tested the waters had a couple d2 looks but he's now playing a catholic you know great school he's gonna have a great career there um that, i think that's the route to take now there's there's a, the other side of the argument like there's some kids that maybe need to get out of whatever school they're in for, you know, maybe it's not a great school or 
um, they can play at a very high level. It's very evident, right? Like I look at Stephen Enoch, who was at Norwalk High and played for Tommy Keys, who does such a great job. He, he resigned. He did a great job when he was there. Right. But, um, yep. you know, he went to St. Thomas More. Well, the kid's at Louisville. He's killing it, right? I mean, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but there's a lot of good high school basketball players, but they're in the big picture. They're fringe players, you know? And it's like, why, why go, why go, you know, roll the dice on these prep schools for what? I don't know. Well, for the end result. Well, I mean, I, I guess if, if they're getting money, maybe if they're getting, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I guess why yeah. not, you know, smaller right. class, you know, I've, I've heard parents say that smaller class size, they have, you know, yeah, alumni connections. Sure. Right. I get all that too. But right. I had, you know, that talk about that team I had 2014, 15, we had a great run and we had like seven seniors. I mean, I can reel off some schools, Georgetown, Villanova, Notre Dame. I mean, you know, um, these are, you know, top level schools. I mean, we had three of those seniors go to those schools. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much of a leg up it really has, but apparently for some, they think it does. I don't know. I always like the idea, just going back, we, we talk about him constantly, is uh, Mikey Buschetto from, from Waterford. And he didn't he didn't go the prep school route, and then he had this, like, fairy tale season going back to play at Waterford and, you know, playing in front of packed gyms every night and then right. going to Mohegan yeah. Sun and playing in front of that crowd. I mean, that kid will sure. never – I mean, no matter what happens at the Southern New Hampshire where he ended up, uh, right. Like that, that nothing will compare to that. Really, you know no. that whole thing about nothing. and nothing. and that's why I, I'm and, and it might be like you said, it might be different for other, you know, kids in certain schools that will never ever get that opportunity, no matter how you know, no matter what they do. But um, right. but Mike Bucetto has also said that had he not had an offer on the table from Southern New Hampshire, he probably would have ended up at Hamden Hall. Right? Yeah, I know, I know. It's it's crazy thing. Like. I wouldn't. Like, but would that he have just, done that before his senior year, or would he have, you know, stayed at Waterford before? And then no, he would have gone. He would have left and reclassified because Hamden Hall was hard after him, and and vice versa. And but once that offer came in, yeah. and and the, and what Sean Bowley was alluding to as far as that all weighed in on him, and the fact that he could do that and lead him to a championship and have that storybook season. But he said that had he not had anything. He probably would have gone, kind of like what Jackson right. Benigni did. So, right. uh, I well, will, go ahead. He, sorry, yeah. Uh, that's no, 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 no. Mean to cut you off, but that kid is really good. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, that kid is tremendous basketball player. Okay, now he's Southern Hampshire, what D two scholarship player, right? So, right. I, you know, what I'm kind of referring to is like yeah. I've seen kids that are, like, you know, I'm like I'm not even sure you could play college basketball. Like, <laughs> what are you leaving for? So. A lot of then if again if you do that if you track that those numbers a hundred kids, like if the you know eighty percent end up at the Division three level, you know well, who's, who's maybe half those kids shouldn't even be at that level like they're walking on they're barely making Division three teams type hey, thing. Well, who's going you know? after those type of kids though? Like uh, you see, I see, you see it. Why or would it's you? Not so much that the prep schools are going after them, like the parents are going. After I see. Yes, I see. that's. Okay. I told you. Pre- parents have a big part. A big, big part is if, if right. Uh, if I can, uh, like, oh my, this guy, my high school, this high school coach is not doing enough for my kid, or you know, whatever, and uh, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna seek an, another option. Uh, just John Daly from um, Paper Lolo with us. I want to change 
direction just for a minute because you mentioned it. Next week you got the big Fairfield Holiday Tournament, uh, one of my favorites mm. when I can get there. Fairfield Prep hosted but you have the defending Division One state champion, no name of Fairfield, who already has a loss to Hamden, uh, yourselves, and obviously Fairfield Ward. I believe you open up with Fairfield Prep, correct? We do, um, and um, I saw them play last week, and uh, uh, they're, they're a very dangerous team. They shoot it really well. Uh, they've got uh, they're, they're senior late, and they've got kids that are tough. Um, and and uh, Coach Papali, I hope I pronounced that. Yeah, Mike correctly. Papali, who uh, was at Southern Connecticut State University, played at Sheen, played at Xavier. Sorry, but yeah, yes. he's he's going to do a great job. Yeah, no doubt. Um, they're super organized already, and you get to see it. So. Uh, yeah, that's a tough test for us, and Notre Dame is is kind of reloaded again, and um, you know, and and Ward is good as well, so it should be a great two nights of basketball. What will it take for whoever the team is going to be standing at the end at the FCX season? What's it going to take in this league to win it? Oof, good question. Um, that's what we pay him the big bucks for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be taking his big bucks in the golf course. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I need shots. Oh, I you just said you the that. magic words. I, I need shots. We're going to go ahead. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, we, you know, we played great defense the other night against Danbury, but, you know, we only scored 41 points, right? And, like, right. Um, you're just not, like, you can't win like that every night. And so it's going to take a team that uh, I think, one, has a star player. Uh, two, has really good experience. Uh, maybe it's their second run through the FCAC tournament, or maybe they were close last year. Uh, three, a team that's going to defend. Um, four, you need to be well coached, and uh, you know, five, you got to score some points. So you have a star player, but you've got a number of weapons too. Um, so it's a combination of everything. I mean, that was that sounded pretty cliche, I'm sure, but uh, you know, it's. Um, you just you could maybe do one thing, two of those things, and and have a good year um but to take take it all down you gotta you gotta uh you gotta put it all together and you know what you gotta get some there's gotta be some luck involved too you know you gotta uh gotta get some bounces your way late in games and um that's a big part of it too i, mean, I can't tell you how many times like last year just over the years that i've been coaching like we walk into the locker room after the game like wow i mean if, if this kid did this or this kid did that or that that call wasn't made or this and that i mean we win the game right so yeah, you need some luck, especially in March. Absolutely, John. Thank you for joining us on the uh, on our podcast. Please, and good luck the rest of the season. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll be chatting with you soon. Thank you. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you guys. I really appreciate you having me, and uh, this was awesome. Uh, let's do it again, and and uh, you know, even if if uh, we don't end up having a great year, I'd love to come on just chat. FCAC yeah, and state hoops. You know, so. Yeah, maybe we'll bring you on as an analyst, Bob, yeah. in the tournament if you get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. He wants I'll, to be I'll, in the I'll tournament. Live up there too, and uh, he'll be in uh, the tournament. We'll, we'll do it in person, all right? All yeah, right. I think I think they'll I think will get there. I think you, know, you, you beat Danbury. You, beat Dan, I think you, right. you put everybody else on notice. I think right. that's what happens. That's now, true. You, you yes. can't you can't run from anybody. You're not gonna you're not gonna sneak right. up on but anybody. Now you, now you can't you can't just you know all right season's over now we 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 did you know you gotta build. <laughs> yeah, on well that. that's right. Yeah, I can practice. Say said yesterday. So yo guys, we won one game. Like okay, yeah. it's time to get refocused. We got another tough game tomorrow night. So. Yeah, exactly. Totally, 100%. All right, John. Thank you. All right, John. All right, boys. I appreciate it. Yeah, take care. See you. That was John Daly of Fairfield Ludlow. We'll be right back after this. Don't miss a 
pass, pitch, or putt this season and sign up for the Whistle newsletter to get the latest news and stories sent straight to your inbox from Game Time CT. Okay, so that was uh, John Daly from uh, Fairfield Ludlow, and oh, you know he seems like uh, seems like a really good guy. Seems like he knows what he's doing over there, John. Yeah, he's a really good golfer too. But uh, on the core, he's obviously a very good coach, and obviously to beat Danbury, to be in the game with Bassick, two teams that were in the Division One quarterfinals last year. Obviously, they've served notice on the FSAC that they're not going to be a bottom feeder this year, and that that league is going to be very balanced as we all thought it would be, and. Uh, I think the other post will be a postseason team, not to put any pressure on them. I mean, they only need six more wins. I say only. It's not going to be easy, but I think they'll be fine. And I, I, they were, as he alluded to, they were in games last year, and, and they, they could have won. And now that they've been through those wars, they'll probably win those games. Yeah, it's certainly not – I mean, I, I agree with this. It's certainly not the FCAC that we uh, – That you were familiar that with. That I was yeah. familiar with in the, in the 2000s. Yeah. You know, or, or even in the '90s. In the '90s yeah, too. I mean, I, mean I, I got here in 2000. I didn't really start covering the FCAC until 2004, which was like right at the height of the uh, the Trinity Catholic run. Well, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not going to see four Division One players on the on a right. roster like that again. I, I maybe, and that's a shame. maybe, but, but, but I, that was that was an amazing I, team. I yeah, absolutely. That was a, just that whole era was was great. And and at the time, I kind of even knew that it was a special era, but. Uh, the problem, uh, it, it just it's just not this. Just doesn't feel the same. It hasn't well, felt the not. same when for, players don't go and they right. go to their. It's that's just the way well, it's going to be. I mean, it's and I also lament the loss of you know all the personalities like you know Montelli and and uh, Charlie and I know Shroy, Shroy, Mike Shroy's, Walsh and uh, we still got Barry McLeod. Yeah, you uh, still got Barry <laughs> and you know yeah. And, but He's the Ch- best. And now Charlie's kid is in the FCAC, coaching at Darien. Mm-hmm. Sheroy, a guy who's a former Register All-Stater, a guy yeah. who's a tremendous player. Um, and that's Sheroy well. Yeah. I haven't seen him in years. but No, it, it, listen, the FCAC's going to be fine. And, and again, Right, and it's exciting to have this, you know, who's going to win type of thing. You don't like to... You don't like to go in every night saying like, "Well, Trinity's going to blow him out," or you know, so so on and so forth. But um, I also do think you need a you need a bad guy. You know, you need like everybody couldn't stand Trinity back in the day, or they couldn't stand Harding, or even before that they couldn't stand Norwalk. You know, I'm not sure who the bad guy is now. No, I know, and I always think you need some sort of like bad guy, some team that everyone's going for. Uh, and and uh, I don't know if Danbury qualifies. Um, well, you don't have the thing that hurts the league is you don't have Basket Harding in there anymore. Right, and that's that's a problem. But that's another topic. Yeah, for another it's another day. topic. Yeah, and when uh, so when we got a bunch of Christmas stuff to do here, and we got to right, wrap up my you know, gifts and I'm all, all set. Sorts of stuff. See, that's when you, when you're prepared, you do those things. Yeah. Let's say I knew once basketball hit, I was not going to have time to really shop. But anyway, uh, yeah, I get a sad for Sean Bowley, courtside with Joe. Morelli, uh, we'll see you next time. Have a happy and safe holiday season. <laughs>